WXXI in the Little Theater. This is Movies in a Microphone, 2018 season finale. I'm your host, Scott Pukas. Today, our guest list is just one. City Newspaper's Adam Lubito joins us to recap the best and worst of the year. Adam, are you feeling the pressure of being the only guest? I do feel pressure. I feel like, yeah, especially season finale. I've got, I've got to bring my A game. It sweeps. Don't mess this up for me. There's a lot riding on this. A lot riding on your performance today. We just, I can't emphasize enough that there's a ton of pressure on you. All right. For today. I'll do my best. All right. So we'll start off. We were talking about this before we started recording. If you had to guess, or if you happen to know, how many movies have you watched this year? Uh, I was saying I do uh, keep track of everything I watch on Letterboxd, which is a a great piece of software if anyone hasn't signed up for that yet. They're it's, a sponsor. It's <laughs> excellent. It's amazing. Um, according to that, I have watched 305 movies so far this year, which includes stuff out in the theater, stuff I watched at home, older stuff I had to catch up on for research purposes, everything all together. So 305 total which is which is a large number, but not surprising from a from a writer and film critic. You would expect them to see a lot. I have no idea what my number is. <laughs> I keep track of my Goodreads. I keep track of how many books I read in the year, so I should have something like good movies, so I know how many movies I would probably pal in comparison. But <laughs> but well, I have some work to do. It's all right. I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> it's kind of your thing, right? Exactly. <laughs> so my point is that you have seen a lot of movies, so you will be good at the first game that we play here on the season finale. Uh, so, Adam, you are familiar with the show 30 Rock, correct? I am intimately familiar with 30 Rock. <laughs> Tina Fey's brilliant show that was at NBC. Tina Fey is a listener. So on 30 Rock, they play a game called Mary Boff Kill, uh, which normally they would pick three names and you would either marry, boff, or kill. And I'm glad I could say boff on the air. <laughs> Our sponsors won't be mad. Letterbox is fine with it. So we're going to do that, Mary Boff Kill, with movies. So I'm not going to give you three to pick from like they would uh, in the game. You'll have creative freedom here. You can pick whatever you want. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first with the with the Mary Boff kill? I will let you go first. Okay. I'll start this off. <laughs> <laughs> Adam has no idea what's going on. That's why, that's why I'm going to go first. So like Mary. Guinea pig. So to give kind of what I'm thinking here for the rules, Mary is a film you adored, a favorite of the year perhaps, just one that you could fall in love, in, love with. You could put a ring on it. Good Mary. <laughs> Boff is a fun romp, one that maybe isn't the perfect fit for you, but it's a good time. It's just we're emphasizing fun here, at least I was in mine. And Kill, I think, is pretty self-explanatory for it. Uh, so first, for me, Mary is the docs, the documentaries. We've been saying it's the year of the documentary, um, which, of course, every year there are good documentaries. Uh, but this year in particular, there's been very popular ones. Uh Starting off with Won't You Be My Neighbor and RBG, um, which both were box office hits for the summer here. Uh, Three Identical Strangers, which I think was maybe my favorite movie of the year. I still haven't decided, but it's on my short list. Um, And then there's ones that are starting to gain popularity, like Minding the Gap, uh, The King, both both of which played at One Take Film Festival 2018. And here comes my shameless plug. Early Bird (laughs) Passes for One Take Film Festival 2019, which will be in April of next year are online right now. The little.org slash shop. There's a dollar off or $10 off. 
10 single dollars off the price. It's a very good deal, I feel. Uh, so, they Adam, make a great gift. I will throw that out there because I will <laughs> admit that I have already bought a couple passes to give to people because, who said that they were they wanted to come and weren't really sure. And I was like, well, I'm going to make sure you attend this year. So, <laughs> so Adam is you the MVP. Passes. That is awesome to hear. Uh, we did not pay him to say that, believe it or not. <laughs> they truly are good gifts. And the thing about it, like, so I think a lot of people – aren't necessarily into documentaries, but, and for me, you know, I was always, I never hated them, but I was kind of, okay, you know, ambivalent toward them. But as a former journalist, as someone who still writes, just the storytelling and the different stories that they can dive into is just so fascinating. And most of the films in the festival end up being on top 10 list of critics like Adam and and other New York Times on their best of the year list. And we usually get them in the festival like months before they'll even enter the mainstream. That kind of happened with Minding the Gap, which kind of was a quiet film during the festival. And then later went on Hulu and uh, at least on film Twitter, which I follow a lot, um, is, is pretty popular. Yeah, that made me super happy when people actually started talking about it later in the year. And I was like, I'm glad everyone else has caught up because, yeah, I have been <laughs> singing the praises of that movie for months now because of one take. It's a skateboarding doc. What is not to love? Exactly. So do you have a favorite of the trio? Like, again, I feel the most popular ones in terms of box office were Three Identical Strangers, Won't You Be My Neighbor, and RBG. So a lot of difference there. Did you have a preference between those ones? I mean... Of the three, I would think I would say Three Identical Strangers, just because watching that was like watching a thriller. Like, I had only knew the vague premise, and had, so I watching it, I had no idea where the story was going. And the way the director tells that story, you have, like, you're on the edge of your seat, you're like, what is going to happen next? And it's constantly surprising. My advice is for anyone listening, which is millions, obviously, is to, if you haven't seen that movie, don't read anything about it. Yeah, um, for sure. It just, so I mean, the basic, just you have a summary without giving any spoilers. It's about three, three long lost triplets who are reunited. Um, and of course, in the beginning is so whimsical and funny and charming. There's a lot going on, but there's a bit of ominous notes and you and you kind of get an unsettling feeling. Um, then it gets dark. I always compare it with Tickled, which is another movie that started off really funny because it was about competitive tickling, which is yep. ridiculous. And then just gets really, it just keeps taking twists and turns like a thriller until you're like, wow, I, what did I just watch? That was, <laughs> that was dark. Yeah, it goes places you do not expect. So that's Three Identical Strangers. Uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Mr. Rogers documentary, obviously very popular. You will cry during it. I cried. <laughs> everyone cried. But it, it's a happy cry, I feel, it's right? A, it's, a, it's a cathartic cry. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you just to watch someone who is so compassionate and such a smart educator. The thing I, I think uh, I enjoyed the most about that film was it really broke down how good of an education educational show um mr rogers was (laughs) i just i didn't realize as a kid obviously you know the lessons in there and it just he break it down in such a smart intelligent way that you you really admire the guy and it it really is very relevant in today's culture too i thought that movie was uh, and same with rbg too about uh ruth bader ginsburg yeah both of those i feel like it was just so great to watch movies about people who who did good and and wanted to put good out into the world especially now like that that was just it was pleasant to watch yes it's good to, good to focus on on caring compassionate people especially in today's society that's very very good to see yeah we need more of that we do 
Speaking of more of that, this was a horrible transition. This doesn't make sense. But we're on to the BAF now. So the BAF for me, again, it's kind of fun films that I just I had a blast at the theater. Um, and for me, there was kind of two of them um, that I settled on. One was The Favorite, um, which I think may be one of my dramatic pause favorites of the year. Uh, I've only seen it once. I, I think that's one you have to see multiple times because I, the, in terms of screenplays, I thought it was one of the best screenplays of the year. Just every line was just so witty and smart and just sharp. And I, I don't know if I caught every single joke in there. So I want to go back and watch it. Uh, but it was such a good script. It was uh, So the director was Yorgos Lanthimos, although he did not do the script. Um, he did The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. Uh, the Lobster, which you can look back in the archives and listen to our podcast. I think you were on that one, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I, I was here for that conversation. Adam said out of any animal you'd pick to be a, I forget what it was. Was it a fox? No, it wasn't um, a fox. I think it was a cricket. Oh, cr- oh, oh, yeah, it was such a good answer. As you said Jiminy Cricket. I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, man. We'll dub in so it makes a, so I sound smart, like I'm getting the right answer. Uh, but both The Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, they were both uh, very cruel movies and dark. And The Favorite is also a cruel movie. The characters are very mean to each other. But I thought it worked. It was it was funnier. I, it wasn't quite as dark, I don't think. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's lighter than his past movies. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think maybe is because he didn't write it. He just did the directing. Uh, yeah. But the, just the cinematography is interesting. A lot of fish lens, yeah. uh, which I, fish eye lens, which I wouldn't think would work, but I thought it did. The music was great. It was a classical score. Uh, I couldn't read who it was in the credits because the credits are unreadable, but very beautiful, <laughs> as, as Matt DeTurk pointed out. Yes. Yeah, they uh, are. Yeah. So the favorite is, is definitely a boff. Could be a Mary. I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll give it a few more a few more uh, watches and, and see how it turns out. Uh, Sorry to bother you is on there too because I just felt uh, it was just so creative. Boots Riley it was his debut, uh, and it starts off and it's a very smart satire on uh, consumerism on and pretty much just society. Now he um, the lead character plays a telemarketer, um, so it really. It dives into that aspect of society, and then it gets super weird. And I dug it once it got weird. And I can't, I can't exaggerate, or I can't embellish, or I can't tell more about this because that'd be a huge spoiler. Uh, just know that you should watch it. It gets weird, and either you love it or hate it. I feel. Yeah, it was weird in the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, that was another one that you watch and you have no idea where it's going next. And I'm always excited by movies like that, where you have you can't predict like. Once it starts, like where it's going to end up. Yeah, we need more movies like that, and I can't sure. emphasize how how weird it does get. You may <laughs> think about the the oddest thing possible that could happen at the end of a movie, and it still is going to be stranger than that for this movie. <laughs> but it's good. I loved it. Um, you might not, but the, the viewer that is, I know you, not you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, that is. Yeah, that is one that has divided people. But yeah, I was fully on board with it. Yeah. Now we get to the kill, uh, which I also have multiple things. Uh, so we're going to go back to something we talked about in past episodes. The first thing I kill is Kobe Bryant's Oscar. <laughs> I take that away. You do not get that Oscar for animated short film. Animated short films are always my favorites of the year. Uh, they're coming again, uh, I think, either at the end of January or February at the little, little, little .org for showtimes. Um, but I just they're always so good. And Kobe Bryant's film, I don't think, deserve that at all. 
still bitter about I, it. I think we talked about that on the Oscar show. That, we yeah, did. I think I think none of us were were okay with, <laughs> I with know, that win. I know a friend of the podcast, Matt Passantino, was especially angry about it, and I don't blame him. Still bitter, bitter, always bitter. <laughs> Hashtag no Oscar for Kobe. <laughs> uh, the other thing, the other kill. It's actually from a film that's on my short list for favorite of the year, and that is Eighth Grade. So, again, I love the film. You should definitely see it. Uh, Bo Burnham, it's his directorial debut. Uh, Elsie Fisher plays the title character, this middle schooler. She's brilliant. She's an absolute superstar in it. The film it, the film is either is probably a Mary for me. I almost put it for Mary. But my kill part is the car scene. So mm. if anyone has seen this film, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so if you haven't seen it, uh, minor spoiler, not a huge spoiler, I would say, but, yeah, but kind it's of not a, really the type of movie you can spoil. Yeah, like, that's true. Thanks for backing me up on that. <laughs> so it's a car scene. It's later in the movie. Uh, Elsie Fisher's character, uh, was hanging out at the mall with these older kids. She gets a ride home. Uh, everyone else in the car gets dropped off. So it's just her and this older boy driving her home. He pulls over to the side of the road and gets super creepy, gets in the back seat, takes his shirt off, starts pressing her with her. It's the most uncomfortable I felt in the movie this year. It was probably one of the biggest horror scenes of the year, I would say. Um, and the reason I have it as a kill is not because I think it should have been a deleted scene, because it was absolutely necessary uh, for the plot of the movie. The part I want to kill is the reason why it was necessary, because that's the culture right now is, and of course the Me Too era speaks toward that. That's the culture that there's a lot of guys that act like that and do stuff like that, which is completely unacceptable. And that's what we need to kill. In 2019, we have to get rid of the type of reason why why you're watching that scene and for me as a guy i'm like that's horrible you know i, I speak I spoke with plenty of women that watch and like yep that's a lot of them have an experience like that and that just you know we need to do better as as guys i feel down with the patriarchy and toxic masculinity exactly <laughs> let yeah, the two but, men here tell you about <laughs> still but so that so that was my kill, and again, I I would absolutely recommend Eighth Grade. Um, I really went on a rant there. I was really feeling good there about that. I'm glad <laughs> you agreed with that, me. Too. That's a testament to how effective that scene is, yeah. especially that movie. But at that point, when that when that when that happens, you care so much about about Elsie and her character that yeah, you are furious and you're like, I just. I hate that this is happening to her. Mm-hmm. And for, for the Mary, we could have said the the I forget his name, the boy in in uh, eighth grade with the who likes the dipping sauces and the chicken fingers and uh, who meets her in the pool. So if you haven't yeah. seen it, you don't know what I'm talking about. But if you <laughs> have seen it, you're probably nodding and agreeing. He he is great. <laughs> so, uh, I mean. The perfect date. I, I I would be on board for, for a variety, <laughs> one of every dipping sauces and chicken nuggets. Pointers out there say. for you uh, <laughs> romantics out there listening. Just get your date chicken fingers, all the dipping sauce sauces, meet at your parents' house. Boom. Perfect date. <laughs> and watch Rick and Morty, isn't it? What they also oh, do? yes. They do watch Rick and Morty, <laughs> which just makes it so much better. Yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> all right, Adam. Let's let's hear your picks here. I, hopefully, I've given you enough time to sort through. It's a very it's a lot of movies to go through, a lot to process. Yeah, I narrowed it down. I'm just gonna do one movie for each. Okay, um, I cheated. <laughs> I, I say, yeah, but it's 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 okay. I'll I'll let it slide this time. <laughs> okay. Um, start off with Mary. Um, is uh, my pick is If Beale Street Could Talk, which actually hasn't opened at the little yet, but 
I believe is coming soon. I believe so. Uh, we don't have a date though, which is kind of the weird thing in a, this award season is sometimes we don't know. Uh, like we were talking about before, Ben is back is opening Friday, December 21st. That was previously just a coming soon. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's coming this week. Uh, so I believe that one's coming in January. I was going to say, last I heard, I, this should be early January, but... I'm sure you will let everyone know for sure when there's an official date. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, uh, anything based on the work of James Baldwin is amazing. Uh, you, you're from the director of Moonlight. I yeah, mean, th- those Barry are both Jenkins. Yeah, um, I mean, those are both the biggest hits of the little last year. Uh, I'm not your Negro, based on James Baldwin, and then Moonlight from from Barry Jenkins. So, so that's on my top to watch list. So I'm glad to know yes, that's a is, Mary. That's very just, exciting. It, it Barry Jenkins. His he just his work speaks to me. It's just so. <laughs> beautiful to watch and he's his movies are so empathetic which is what i loved about moonlight is that you just he puts you in the shoes of these characters and you just kind of fall in love with them and that's exactly what he does with if beale street could talk it's just it made me so happy to watch and just as a film fan, it's just a, such a love letter to to film. Just the music is, is gorgeous. I mean, speaking of Moonlight, obviously I haven't seen it, but the you know the cinematography is amazing. Just the acting, just yeah. everything about it was great. And of course, Moonlight won Best Picture and deservedly so. Uh, do you think? Do you think this one's a, a Best Picture candidate? I definitely to? think it's a contender. Um, at least I hope it is. But I know people who were able to see it at festivals, and as it's been rolling out, everyone has been you know pretty pretty rapturous about it because it's just that kind of movie which is good to know the kind of movie that we like getting at the little we and usually end up you know the film fans in rochester we've talked about this before like the pest around they're so smart they know what they're talking about so i'm sure they'll they'll come to that one a lot are you so are are you making a a top 10 or whatever list uh for city newspaper uh, that's where I usually cheat. I usually do a ch- top 15 where most people do 10. <laughs> I usually can't narrow it down. I usually do like a top 15 and then like 30 honorable mentions <laughs> because it's it's just so hard to choose. And it, the, also the problem is it my top 10 changes, like yes. depending on the day you ask me. Do, do you know? You don't have to tell us uh, because we want people to read it in city, but do you know what your number one is or is it still kind of debating? I'm going back and forth between I think like three movies have uh, a shot at my my top slot. We'll <laughs> so it see. just depends we'll on whatever day you file it. What, what is exactly? What is the and <laughs> and I'm still catching up on things. So there's a chance that over the next few days I'll see something else that might shoot up to to the top. But we'll see. Especially, yeah, but I also get to vote in critics, uh, critics group awards. And so one of the first one, uh, the Greater Western New York Film Critics Association is new this year. And I just had to turn in my ballot for that uh, yesterday. So I had to quickly come up with what my top few movies were. And I know definitely by the time I make my list for the paper, it'll probably be slightly different. Um, but that's sort of just how that goes. So the... Uh... That group. I, I follow them on, on Twitter. Can you give a little shout out? Because they're one of my favorite Twitter followers because it's just a group of, of the different film critics in, in Western New York. So it's, you know, a lot of good movie opinions, a lot of yeah. good stuff. So is there a way usually the Twitter feed, I feel, is the is the best way to um, to just to look at the content. I don't know. You guys don't have a website, right? It's just kind no, of like not the, yet. The Twitter, so brand new this year. I know it's like a long acronym yes. as you furiously it's, go to look it up as I spring that question since on it's, you. Yeah, Greater Western New York Film Critics Association. So the Twitter handle is GWNY Film Critics. Um, and yeah, the Twitter feed is pretty active. 
um, Jared Mubarak, uh, critic out of Buffalo, is the one who runs that, and he does an awesome job. He's the one who organized the whole thing. So, shout out to him. And we'll get him on the great. podcast here for 2019. He'll, Definitely, we'll get we'll get some of the other film critics in there. There's so many people again that are smart and they love talking about movies, uh, which is why I like interacting with them on Twitter. And I, I always, like I said, you know, I, I follow it, and it's always you learn cool tidbits. And I'm curious to see what your guys' top picks are too. Yeah, we. I believe that will be going out as we're recording this tomorrow. Um, I believe the press release of the the nominations are going out, and sometime beginning of the year, I believe, we'll have the actual winners. Ah, very interesting. I'll see how it stacks up with my own list, which I'm trying to calculate. Although I, I have no idea how I'm going to settle on number one. The last few years I have had a movie that I'm like, that's definitely number one. Last year was Get Out, which I still think is one of the best movies I've watched in the last, I don't know, five years or so. Um, the year before that it was Sing Street, and both those I'm like, I know they're, they're my top movie. Uh, this year, I don't know. Yeah, this year it's tough. Not a debate. There's, like I said, I, yeah, there's a bunch of things sort of circling my the number one position. And yeah, I feel like the past years it was it was easy. And for whatever reason this year, I'm like, I'm having difficulty. There are too many to choose from. <laughs> so if you uh, read Adam's top 15 in city this year and you disagree, please let him know. <laughs> Leave a comment on there. Be like, you're wrong. I can't believe you didn't pick this movie as number one. Avengers, number one, man. I do. Yeah, those are my, always my favorite. The, what about X movie? Yeah. Well, these are my picks for my favorite movies. Movies are very when subjective. Make, when you make your list, you can you know decide what movies go on there. They're very subjective. I did a blog post. Like I said, every year I've been at The Little, I've done my top 10 favorites that I've seen at The Little. So I cheat a little, so it's not other movies. So something like Widows, which I loved this year. Uh, we did not get at The Little, so that wouldn't be on the list. But I did that last year, and we, yeah, I got comments like that. It's like, why isn't this movie on there? Are you crazy? And I'm like, well, I like that movie. 10, ten is not a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of movies I like, so you, there's going to be ones I like that are not on there. Exactly. That's why I do a top 15 with 30 <laughs> honorable mentions. super smart. That's super smart. It's, uh, it's, it's just cheating. I, there's nothing, no other thing to call that. <laughs> Speaking of cheating, boff. You buff. That was another horrible transition, man. <laughs> awful. I just gotta stop saying buff too. I should just bleep that out every time, so it sounds like I'm saying the other word, which I definitely cannot say. <laughs> um, my buff. Uh, now I'm saying it is. <laughs> Can you ever forgive me? Okay. Which I just had so much fun watching. Um, Melissa McCarthy. Uh, stars in that one and she's I always love it when she does a slightly more dramatic role because she doesn't get to do that often and when she does you're like oh right you're actually really good at this like you're an amazing physical comedian but you also have some serious chops mm-hmm. and so for those who don't know so this is uh Melissa McCarthy plays Lee Israel who is a fame in the 80s a fa- famous celebrity biographer and then the 90s started to get into a career of literary forgery yep. uh so it's kind of like a a caper type thing, and it's not the slapstick Melissa McCarthy again, as you yeah. as you said. It. There's there's comedy to it, but it's a sort of dark, bitter sort of <laughs> comedy. Um, and yeah, based on a true story. And yeah, she's so great. And uh, sort of her partner in crime, Richard E. Grant, um, the two of them together is just delightful. And they're so yeah, bitter is the word to describe <laughs> them. But it's. It's delightful to watch. <laughs> I've actually seen that tonight. I haven't got a oh, chance really? to see it yet, so we're going tonight. Um, I will be curious to hear your thoughts. I, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's actually, 
I don't know when you'll be listening to this podcast, dear viewer, listener, uh, but it's closing Thursday, December 20th, so it's closing very soon. So I'm like, there's a lot of movies that I want to see, especially the ones that we have, um, but that's the one. That's tonight on tonight's menu. So uh, actually, before before I get into more on that, I should mention the movies we have playing now. <laughs> do my do my job as the marketer of the little. So what's playing now at the little? A very very good lineup. We have um, the favorite, Vox Lux. So Vox Lux, um, Natalie Portman's in it. Kind of like the anti A Star Is Born. I, have you seen that one yet? Not yet. Are you the one that call, called it the anti Star Is Born? Someone said that to I me. Guess I guess I've really seen that. I've it. seen a few people describe it that way. It's definitely yeah the the dark side of A Star Is Born. And it's just supposed to twin. be a bonker, just off the rails and a lot going on. So it's one of those movies that maybe it works for some, maybe it doesn't for others. But I, I like the filmmaker taking a chance. It's actually only playing at the Little in terms of Rochester. So if you want to see it, here's the only place. And the cool thing is, so it's in uh, 7.1 surround sound, and our renovations to Theater One, which just reopened in October, has 7.1 sound. So it's going to be playing um, starting Friday in Theater One. It's going to sound amazing. You guys should all see it. That's kind of why I, I'm holding off seeing it. I want to see. I want to see. Hey, I wish I had known. I just saw it at the little last weekend. Ah, and yeah, didn't see it in. Its yeah, I was hoping glory, it would be in, in Theater One. Yeah, for that opening one, but it wasn't. But it will be. So if you have seen it, uh, anyone like you can you and Adam could go again, <laughs> grab some little popcorn, yeah. see it again. <laughs> yeah, it's could... it's a one that's fun to talk about. So there will be excellent conversation to be had afterwards, I'm sure. Uh-huh. And the other one uh, is a lot different than Vox Lux, which is Roma from Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, did you see that in the same day you saw Vox Lux? I did, actually. And that that was my second time seeing Roma since I was uh, able to see okay. it in, at TIFF, uh, the Toronto International Film Festival, back uh, in September. And I just I just adore that movie. <laughs> it's, it's just beautiful. And you definitely can't stream it anywhere. You have to go to the theater and watch it. It's the only place. You can't watch it from home. Don't <laughs> let people tell you otherwise. And you don't want to watch it from home. That's kind of boring anyway, right? Yeah, it's Alfonso Cuaron. I mean, those, those visuals demand to be seen on the big screen yeah it's yeah especially yeah, his black and white you know widescreen picture that is just glorious kind of a comeback for black and white cold war is black yeah. and white too which played at the polish film festival and that's another one that's coming in january here which probably be a best foreign language picture candidate too i would guess yeah that's that's definitely a contender as well so black and white is coming back the other ones uh, that we have playing now at eternity's gate uh it's about vincent van gogh uh willem dafoe plays van gogh it rhymes it's great uh my promotional idea for this movie was rejected i said if if you hand us your your ear at the box office you get a free small popcorn <laughs> no that, one wanted that didn't that. fly yeah no, too no. Bad. they didn't want it. i thought people would be willing to do that a small <laughs> sacrifice for a nice reward absolutely <laughs> and the other one we have playing is studio 54 a documentary about studio 54 debuted during image out 2018 this past october uh this closes christmas so only a couple actually the only other times you can see it are on christmas eve and christmas which we are open special hours so they can give the greatest gift of all this holiday season, a movie at the little. <laughs> uh, and then Mary Queen of Scots and Ben is back, both open December 21st. Go to thelittle.org for more or check City, City Newspaper because Adam reviews a lot of these films and 
probably has too. Uh, yes, we're, yeah, a fair we're, amount of those. And what's the what's the website? Where where can people find your work again? Uh, RochesterCityNewspaper.com. We need you need your own tab like slash Adam or something so people can go right to the reviews. I will skip start all the other stuff. Campaigning for that immediately. By the way, we should probably mention too the our, our big news here. So of course, movies in a microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater, and now City Newspaper is joining the WXXI family. Uh, so technically, I think I'm your boss now. <laughs> Is that how that works? Yeah. I wasn't sure about the hierarchy. I believe yeah, I'm your okay. boss now and the boss of everyone at City. No, I guess technically <laughs> we're coworkers now, which is cool. Yeah. And, of course, as people who listen to the podcast, the, the billions who listen every time already know that I'm a big fan of City Newspaper. We talk about it all the time, so I can't be accused of of just like having, talking about city so much now because it's it's part of WXXI, but but yeah. we are very happy about that. Yeah, it's I think it's a good fit, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yes, and this is our official statement. I know everyone's <laughs> been waiting desperately to hear our take on this on this situation, and there it is. Okay, so we got the Mary. Anything else about the buff, or do you want to go to the kill? Well, let's go straight for the kill. <laughs> Um, and that would be uh, House That Jack Built, oh. which I saw <laughs> the, the one-time screening at the Little. <laughs> I was not a fan. I mean, um, Lars von Trier, uh, his movie uh, stars Matt Dillon as a serial killer, and you sort of follow him murdering women. And it's become sort of about the artistic process and the, the nature of creativity and... I just, I thought it was, it was, I thought it thought it was deeper than it actually was. Mm. And it's, just, it's like two and a half hours and it was just, just kind of intentionally a miserable watch. So it's, I'm not, I'm not angry I saw it, but it is, it left me sort of like, I, I, you know, wish that had been like maybe at least an hour shorter and had gotten to its point much sooner i skipped it i knew i wouldn't like it <laughs> first of all i love serial c- killer dramas they can yeah. be great i was a huge fan of dexter well, up until the final season which was not good but it just from everything i read about it i've never really liked von trier's work as much and i know from a from a film guy that's i don't know it's, it's he's usually like a lover hate but i just I like the idea so. of like Watching Matt Dillon brutally murder. I just don't well, like movies a- with people getting tortured. Anything like funny games or where there's a lot of like torture and just scenes that are horrible and people getting murdered and mutilated. I and don't that's, know. Yeah, there's a whole lot of that in this. <laughs> and yeah, I just, it, it tried to, you know, be about something deeper. And I was just, I feel like this is kind of a stretch as I was watching it. So, I mean, Vontrier, you know, has his champions, and I like some of his stuff, but he is, he is to say he's divisive, divisive is being kind. <laughs> but I was, having said that, I was happy that we were able to screen at the Little. Oh, absolutely. We, we screened the unrated director's cut for one night only. Um, I had, you know, people... Again, I I, I I was saying I wanted to uh, hang out at the theater after when people were leaving just to see who loved it, who hated it. I think yeah. it would be an interesting one to, to talk about. Um but I, I, I don't think you're alone on putting that in the on the kill list. And it's kind of it's about a serial killer too. Yeah, so it's it's very. Are you probably, did you do that on purpose? I, I mean, yeah, kind of. <laughs> like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, so do you have any other favorites of the? I mean, I I feel we're really in a good stretch of. I, I've never had a year where I'm like, there's bad movies because there's always great movies every year. But it was another year with a lot of 
really good films. Uh, Black Panther, uh, which I think might be the highest grossing film of the year. And we actually did so. screen for one time. That's it's right. little for the Black Cinema series. Um, I loved A Quiet Place, which reminded me of one of my favorite books, Bird Box, which is going to be uh, Netflix at the end of this month. Um, so if you're not the little and you have to watch Netflix, maybe that's an okay <laughs> one to check out. Uh, Widows was fantastic, which was a little more of a big studio film than what we normally get at the little. But uh, in, in terms of spirit, it reminded me of a little film with just great acting um, and you know, great. Just oh, everything about it was great. The music, the suspense, the twist. Uh, so did you have any other favorites you want to give a shout out? Yeah, um, one of my favorites that I feel like didn't get the attention it deserved uh, was a movie called Leave No Trace, which I believe we played at the, yes. the little um, with uh, Ben Foster, ben Foster right? uh, about a father and daughter who sort of live off the grid um, in a nature preserve until they're they're found by authorities and sort of have to start the process of reintegrating into society. And it's just... I I loved that movie. It just the the relationship between the two of them is it 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 worked on every level. It's such economical storytelling. It's like it's like it's like a ninety minute movie, and it goes through so much, and you feel for the two of them. It just I want more people to check it out. Yeah, it's I see. I hate it when a movie like that that is universally gets great reviews is adored. I talked with lots of people that saw it. They love it, but it wasn't here very long. It just didn't you know didn't have. It, it, you know, a lot of people didn't go see it, which yeah, is unfortunate. And uh, <laughs> wish we could change. We got to. That's why we do the podcast. We get people to give these films a second chance if you miss them in the theater. Yeah. Of course, my other sure. one that I did not mention is Hearts Beat Loud, um, which Nick Offerman, uh, Kiersey Clemens was, plays the uh, uh, Nick Offerman's daughter in it. They ended up starting a band together. Had some of my favorite music of the year. I was disappointed it's not in the short list for I was just gonna say, original music. I was music. bummed when it didn't make that list that just came out a couple of days ago. Because, yeah, I was I was rooting for the title song from that. I still, that's in, like, heavy rotation on my Spotify. Yeah, Hearts Beat Loud is a catchy song. It's a movie you'll smile with. You'll smile. You'll love it. You'll feel good the whole time. Um, that's that's on my short list, too, for favorite of the year. For sure. Um, and it definitely, you know, one that I think, again, that, that played here for a little, maybe like a month or so. But I, I think it's it's one with good music, and you just can't go wrong with that, especially if you're gathering for the holidays and you, you with family or friends that you haven't seen in a while. You want to put on a movie, that's a good choice. Definitely. And of course, the House of Jack Belt too is another choice <laughs> that you could put on. It is a choice, Grandma. I have this movie for you for you to watch. So anything that's, that's the one you put on when you want everyone to just leave your yeah. house when you're ready. That's for actually everyone to go home. We're gonna we're gonna yeah watch House of Jack Belt. I'm, I'm gonna use it. That's brilliant. It's like oh, people aren't leaving. Oh, I have a movie. It's isn't the the first scene. It's him brutally brutally murdering someone right like, yeah. in a car. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. We'll put that on. Advice. We we do it all here in movies in a microphone. We give you advice for getting rid of people. <laughs> we say Buffalo. It's very very professional outfit here. Uh, so Adam, by the way, you're doing very good. I know there's a lot of pressure on you here being the only guest. <laughs> Thank I you. Really, I appreciate that. You're really coming through here in the clutch. Okay. <laughs> Anything that you're looking forward to in 2019? Um, the first thing that comes to mind, since we already sort of talked about Jordan Peele and Get Out, um, he's got another movie coming out next year called Us um, with Elizabeth Moss and Lupita Nyong'o and former local boy Winston Duke. Um, that sort of the, the plot is sort of 
being kept under wraps, but it's it's another uh, horror-esque thriller from, from Jordan Peele. And, I mean, Get Out was amazing. So I'm on board for whatever he does next. I saw the poster, and I'm in. They tweeted the poster, and that's all I needed. I was like, okay. I mean, really all I needed to know was Jordan Peele and then and see the cast. And I'm like, okay, exactly. I'm on board. So I, I agree with that. I think I'm looking forward to being surprised. Every year there, there's a film which I hadn't heard of, sometimes until it comes out. And then it'll come to theaters, usually at the little. And it becomes one of my favorites. It becomes one I could recommend to people, one that I could really adore, one that I could marry, if you will. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to that. Like, what film that I haven't even heard of? It's not even close to being on my radar. And at some point within the next year, will be a movie that's one of my favorites. That's that's exciting. That's always the best when something comes out of nowhere and you just fall in love with it. And I appreciate the way you tied that back into the game. That was that was well played. <laughs> I know this is. I'm a professional host here. This is this is what we do. That's why you earn the big bucks. Yeah, that's exactly. I am in the host chair. This is where they <laughs> record connections, which I feel their audience is kind of large, but not quite as large as the movies in a microphone audience. Usually, people when they hear connections during the day are like, "Okay, where's the movie talk? Where's, exactly. Where's Adam?" <laughs> They demand you, Adam. You're very, very much in demand. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I hear their demand, and I'm here to deliver. <laughs> you could just not leave the studio until, <laughs> just, until just tomorrow. Just hang out here. You're like, nope, I'm here. <laughs> All right. I, I think we're good toward the end. You could tell by us meandering off, yeah. <laughs> which tends to happen. You're getting a little punchy. I thought with less people, they wouldn't happen, but no. No. That's... Maybe I'm the problem. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything, but it since, might be the since problem. you brought it up. Uh, any, anything else you want to add about movies this year? Oscars, anyone you want to give a shout-out to? Any links that you want to give a shout-out to? It's, it's your time. You have, you have the floor. I feel like floor. I didn't. My links, you know, the through City and uh, Greater Western New York Film Critics Association, even though it's a mouthful. I'll give them <laughs> another shout-out. That's why I was like, you tell them what the Twitter is, because <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> And yeah, I'll, I'll emphasize again, once it comes out, if Beale Street could talk, everyone go see it. That's good advice. I have nothing else to add. Thank you for listening this year. We will see you next year. Exciting things happening. Hopefully, we'll see you much more often next year. <laughs> Throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, we, we had some hiatus this year. Um, really gearing up for the new season. You know how things are, Adam. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> do. I understand. Out. But yeah. <laughs> no, sure we, 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 I think we'll have more episodes next year. We'll have some good things. We'll have some fun with it. It'll be a good year. Good year at the little, good year in the movie scene, good year for city newspaper, just magnificence all around. For the for the listener, the the trillions out there who are listening right now, thank you. You also have a great year. Thank you, Derek S. Adam Lubito, City Newspaper. Always a pleasure. Always happy to be here. <laughs> he he was paid to say that. <laughs> he was contractually <laughs> obligated as his boss made him say that. Uh, <laughs> I kid. I'm your host, Scott Pukas. Movies in a Microphone is brought to you by WXXI and the Little Theater. Remember, it's always a good time to take a little break. 